Great. Let me just pray again for God's help as we come to look at these words. Father, please help us now as we look at this psalm. Uh, these words were written so long ago and yet so, um, uh, so poignant for us today too. Please, Father, speak as we, as, we, as we look at them and please would we see you more clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. So as Kenneth said, it's start of a new year, uh, at least as kind of academic school years and indeed for us really as a church operating so closely with them. And I'm going to need your help this year. And uh, I'm going to need your help, I think, probably quite a lot. And so we're going to have a practice, okay? We're going to have a practice now of what I'm going to need your help in. You see, over coffee, I'm going to say something to you like, the building costs are spiralling. And I, I, we just don't know where to compromise, what to, to focus on. And when I say something along those lines, I'm going to need you to say to me, from where does my help come? Okay, let's practice that now. Is that right? So, oh, uh, the building costs are spiraling. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I know. It's the from comes at the beginning. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Not like the NIV. From where does my help come? And when you say that, I go, oh, yeah. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. That's what I'm going to say back. Or maybe after Connect one week, we're, we're wiping the tables. I'm going to say, look, there's something from the, the culture review. Uh, there's a recommendation. And I, we're just not sure what that's going to look like in practice. And, and it's, it's weighing on me. And you're going to say to me, And I'm going to say, oh yeah, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. But of course, it's not just going to be me who needs this help this year. You're going to need my help this year. So again, we might be talking one day and you're going to, and you're going to be saying, I'm just utterly overwhelmed. Work is just manic. My bosses have no sympathy, no comprehension. They just keep piling it on. And I'm going to say to you, so sorry to hear that. I'll be praying for you particularly this week. But also, from where does my help come? And you're going to say? See how it goes. And again, of course, it's not just between you and me, but it's all with each other. Right? This year, we're going to need each other's help. And the help that I think we can provide is by reminding each other of this verse. Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2 is our verse of the year. And even as I say that, I'm acknowledging the fact that it's not one verse but two. And the fact is, of course, it's not just going to be helpful for us this year, but indeed beyond that as well. But this year is, is a big year for us as a church. We have the building project. God willing, the completion will all go ahead in five, six weeks' time, and then we'll get the keys. It will be ours. But then we have the deciding on what building work we actually want to do with it to make it fit for purpose, not just in a year's time, but God willing, in 30 years' time. Have those decisions to make. And then we're going to have to be picking builders, and then the building's going to start, and then it's all going to go wrong, and then there are going to be problems. We are going to need God's help. Again, we have the, the CSS culture review report we expect in about six weeks or so. And there'll be recommendations for us as a church, things that we, we want to seek to address and change. 
we need God's help. And those are two massive things on top of the already massive things of just general church life. As we seek to make disciple makers, as we seek to all reach the community around us with the good news of Jesus. That's not easy. We need God's help. As we seek to support and encourage and build up one another with all the different problems and troubles we may face, it's not easy. We need God's help. Which is why I pray that this verse is going to be helpful to have something, as Ken has already said, to go back to again and again. That's why we've got the fridge magnet. So it's there. On your fridge, you walk past it. It's something that these verses are deep, so deeply ingrained in us that they instinctively come to mind when we face hazards and harm. We turn our minds back to it. And when we don't instinctively turn there, well, we've got each other to remind each other. This psalm, Psalm 121, particularly verse 1 and 2 that we're focusing on this morning, are help for God's people as they journey. Help for God's people as they journey. Just, just glance down at the, right there at the beginning. It's um, uh, right there at the top of Psalm 121. It's a song of ascents. Uh, there, there are 15 psalms of ascents from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. I don't know whether you have a, a favorite Spotify playlist that you turn to on, on journeys. Well, well this was uh, Israel's road trip playlist. Okay, this was the, the playlist, as it were, the psalms that they would sing, the, the prayers that they would pray as they journeyed to Jerusalem. You remember, if you've been in a church for a little while, when we did those, those feasts and festivals, those, those times of the year when those people had to go to Jerusalem, well, as they made this journey, these were those, those 15 psalms that they would sing as they traveled there, as they traveled to Jerusalem, to the place of God's presence. It's a psalm for a journey. And, and, and just as it was really for the for Jews back then, well, it's true for us today. Again, Christians are on this journey to the, the new Jerusalem, the heavenly city to the place of God's presence, to our forever home. Christians are on this journey, and these Psalms of Ascent are so helpful for that. But this journey is hard. And really, this is our, our, our first point from the couple of verses that we're looking at, is that help is needed. We need help. Help is needed. Just have a look at how verse 1 begins again. I lift my eyes to the hills. You see, Jerusalem, uh, the the capital city of Israel, where the temple was, it was on a a hill. It's sometimes called Mount Zion. It was on a hill. But Jerusalem itself, it it wasn't just by itself. You can't probably see particularly clearly there. But at the top there, you can see that actually Mount Zion is surrounded by other hills, by, by other mountains. And the psalmist on the journey, looks up towards Jerusalem and he, he sees the hills. He goes, it's a long journey. That's a hard journey. Psalms 120 to 134 catalogue a number of the ways in which that journey was going to be difficult. But even in our psalm, you see from verse 3 that uh, the danger of feet slipping on the day, difficult terrain. In verse 5 and 6, you have the, the 
scorching sun and all the elements. But in verse 7, it's not just the environment that's difficult, but actually there are, there are people who would seek to do evil and, and cause harm to the people as they journeyed up. The journey to Jerusalem was hard. Help was needed. And again, you can probably think of some of the difficulties that you're going to face this year, this, this 12 months, this academic year. I've mentioned two of the big ones, well, two of the ones on top of the normal big ones that we face as a church. But all of us, you know, our junior church leaders, they're going to need help at times this year. Help with dealing with a a difficult child. They're going to need help to have the motivation to to put the time in crafting that lesson for, for those children. That's not just, of course, junior church leaders, but for all of us serving in different ministries. There are times this year we are going to need God's help not just in church life, but in our lives. There are going to be all kinds of things. You know, in, the, in, in our country at the moment, people with real concerns, financial concerns and difficulties, and that will be reflected in our church too. Interest rates remain high, maybe going higher. You've got inflation. You've got the cost of fuel that seems to settle, but then goes up, and then you've got our shopping baskets that cost more, all those things, and there is times when we're going to need help. But also on top of that, there's health struggles, anxiety struggles, work struggles, relationship struggles. There are so many things that are going to make our journey difficult. So many things that we are going to need the Lord's help with. There are so many things we're going to need help, and yet it's funny, isn't it, that not all of us are very good at acknowledging that fact. And I think this is probably particularly a, a 21st century Londoner problem. We don't always like admitting that we need help. We're, we're, we're given this myth of autonomy and this myth of self-sufficiency. We're told to be the captain of our fate, to be the commander of your destiny. And we're told that we, we can do it if you just believe and work hard enough. We don't like admitting that we need help because we're afraid that it's going to make us look weak. We're worried what other people are going to think of us. Now, what we don't need to fear needing help. In fact, it's actually good in one sense to, to ad- admit it and to acknowledge that fact because it is when we admit that we need help that is well, actually, then we can find help. And that's really the main point. Um, of the verses that we're looking at. Not only is help needed, but help is at hand. Help is available. And of course, again, in, in the various problems that we're going to face, there are, there are all kinds of places and people we may turn for help. And many of those things will be good and right places to turn to. But of course, ter- turning, to help, turning to something or someone for help is only as good as well, that person or that thing is. If you need help with your car this year, don't call me. You'll get no help. But this verse reminds us that God's people have the best help. There is simply no one, no thing better than we have. Have a look again down at verse 21. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven 
and earth. Our help comes from the creator. Is there anything or anyone more powerful than the creator of everything? No. really stresses that, again, that God is the creator of everything. Here he uses the heavens and the earth. It's the first of a number of times through this psalm where the, the, the writer uses this pair of descriptions, which is just emphasizing everything. These two, two descriptions, two words, two extremes, but it's everything. But the Lord made heaven. He's reminding us that the Lord made the vast expanse of space out there. It takes what, 24 hours to fly to Australia now? I believe you can do it direct, something like that. Well, if it was possible to uh, take an aeroplane to Pluto, it would take about 800 years. How vast the expanse of the created universe, and that, that as I said, there's just such a small fraction of it. The sun, as big as it is, is actually only considered to be an average-sized star, and you could fit in a million Earths into the sun. There are more stars in the universe than grains of sand on Earth. God made them all. He made the heaven. He made heaven, the heavens. God made heaven. He made the earth. That again makes us think of all the complex and wonderful variety of life on earth. Had some of the weird and wonderful ones from Mark already in the children's talk, but um, here are some more. But um, around 1.2 million species of plants and animals have been discovered. 1.2 million species of plants and animals have been discovered. And scientists estimate they're around 8.7. The variety and depth of animal life and plant life. In our bodies, there are six, uh, let me get this right, uh, 60,000 miles of blood vessels in your body. 60,000 miles, just for reference sake, that would take you two and a half times around the world, pretty much. Every winter, I love this one, one septillion snowflakes fall. Now again, how do they work these things out? I'm, I'm dubious, but, but don't, don't let that put you off. Just, you get the impression I'm making, right? This is vast. But, um, so, so one septillion snowflakes. Now just for kind of a frame of reference, so that's one, if it comes up, that's one million, get my zeros right. Well, that's one septillion. Vast. God made heaven and earth. He made the vast expanse, the extremes, the huge things, and the tiny things. He is the creator. Where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. There could be no better help. You look at the mountain and you go, that mountain is massive, or that mountain is nothing compared to God's. However much bigger the problem that you're facing is than you, well, it's far smaller than God's. There is simply nothing in this world that is too big, too powerful, too complex 
for the Lord. Nothing that his help can't handle. Our help comes from the creator, but but even before that, we're reminded that our help comes from the covenant keeper. Just just have a look again down at the beginning of verse 2. My help comes from the Lord. We can brush over that, but there's a significant point there. You You see that Lord is capitalized. And whenever we read the word Lord capitalized, it's, it's Yahweh. It's God's covenant name. Now, our understanding of this is going to be built up over this coming term because next week we're going to be starting a series in Exodus. Um, and of course, uh, Yahweh was the name that God gave to Moses and his people in that at time of the Exodus. It's God's covenant-keeping name. It's, whenever one of God's people would have read the word Lords through the Old Testament scriptures, when, well, they would have been, their minds would have been brought to the fact that it was the Lord who redeemed Israel out of slavery. It was the Lord who, who delivered them from slavery, brought them out of Egypt, brought them to the promised land, and made the covenant with them that he would be their God's. And you see here, so that God, the God who helps his people isn't only supremely powerful in that he's the creator. It is also supremely loving and committed to his people. And we see this unpacked through the rest of the psalm. Uh, we're not going to uh, go into to much detail here. But, but through the rest of the psalm, we see how God's covenant commitment to his people is worked out. And the main way that we find it is the fact that God keeps his people. God keeps his people. Um, you see, have a look down at the second half of verse 3. He who keeps you will not slumber. Beginning of verse 4. Behold, he who keeps Israel. Beginning of verse 5. The Lord is your keeper. Beginning of verse 7. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. And verse 8. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. Six times. Six times in these eight verses. Well, six times in these six verses, really. God keeps, the Lord keeps his people. That the Lord keeps, that's again a rich and, and varied word. It, it's to guard, it's to, to protect, to watch over. The Lord guards, protects, keeps watch over at his people. Verses three and four, it's round the clock protection. God doesn't slumber or sleep doesn't nod off on the job. Anything that happens that we think is, is hard and difficult and painful to one of his people, it's not because God was having a snooze. And you see from verse 4 that um, it, it, he is both the keeper of Israel, God's people as a whole, but he is also your keeper. Verse 3 and verse 5 and around it, you, you individual. He's both, the, the yous in this psalm are individual. His care is personal. It's round-the-clock protection. Verse 5 and 6, it's, it's total protection. You know, we love it when the sun comes out, don't we? Happens so rarely. We, we love it when the sun comes out, but if you're there in the Middle East and you're walking up to Jerusalem, the sun, sun being out was, was hard, was pain, was difficult, it's hot. The Lord was, it was a, a shelter he describes in verse, uh, shade, sorry, in verse 5. 
And again, we, we, we see both the, the sun and then the moon in those verses. Again, that, that everything. God is the protector from everything. Complete protection. Verse 7 and 8, it's clear that the psalmist has in mind not only this journey to Jerusalem, but in fact, everything. Past and present. Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. When you wake up in the morning, you get up, you go out to whatever your day has, and you come home and you, you go to bed, that the Lord keeps you through that all. The Lord keeps his people. It doesn't mean he's going to wrap them in cotton wool, in giant bubble wrap, that no difficulty or harm or hazards is ever going to come upon them. But it does mean he will keep, protect us from who knows what that we don't experience and will, guard it, will keep us through those difficult things. Our help comes from the Lord, the covenant keeper, the one who is utterly committed to his people, the one who has redeemed his people and promised to love and protect and to bring to the promised land. And even as I say that, you can see how that is true for Christians today as well. In fact, even more so. In our last series, when we were looking at Romans 8, verse 32, we read, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? He, is, he has redeemed us. He is, he, he's given us the greatest, the biggest. He, he gave his son. Jesus dying on the cross, enduring the, the, the punishment and wrath for his people's sins. He's given us his son. Well, if he's given us his son, then of course he will give us everything else we need. He, he's not redeemed us to then lose us somewhere on the way. This verse reminds us that God is both creator and covenant keeper. God is both able and willing and indeed committed to helping his people. Help is at hand. And what help it is. There are going to be many times this year when help is needed. Many times this year when help is needed. The starting point is, well, admit that. Acknowledge that. It's not always easy for our brides. But admit it. And turn to the Lord with it. Because he is the one who can help. And again, there are going to be times when we need each other. We're going to need each other to help remind us and point us back to this. I don't know if you noticed when the, the psalm was read, but uh, verses 1 and 2 is, um, is first person. It's, it's my. Where does my help come from? My help. Whereas verses 3 to 8 is, is second person. It's you and your. Now, people debate, is this an internal dialogue? I think probably because of this being the psalm of a sense, this was probably something that was almost said or sung as a, a call and response. Whereas the, the, perhaps the, the people would say the first bit, I lift my eyes to the hills, from, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So you've got that, uh, the, the struggle, but that commitment, and then maybe the rest of the people, a priest or someone joined in with the rest, affirming these things. 
And that's why I'm doing this thing with the um, this thing up on here, and why I want us to do this. It's not just this was the, the purpose of this psalm was to kind of reinforce and remind and help each other. And so again, this year it'd be great. I'd love a little coffee just to hear this kind of. And where does my help come? I'd love it if I heard that loss. Just a reminder to help each other that over coffee and we're when we're talking about our lives and things going on, and when we're, we're talking about some of the difficulties and troubles, talking about them is great because you're admitting you need help. And, and yes, commit to praying for each other and all those things, but the simple thing we can do right there and then, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. What a great reminder that would be for each of us if we heard that week by week and when we particularly needed it. And we're going to need it as a church not just individually. As a church, we're going to need the Lord's help this year. And this being who the Lord is, the helper, the Lord who made heaven and earth. Well, as a church, we're going to need to look to him lots this year. We're going to need to look to him lots for his help. I was debating whether to say this. I'm going to go for it. If, I could, if you could say to me one thing, one thing this year like, like that you would like to happen that's kind of easily identifiable. Even as I'm saying this, doesn't make sense. What I'm going to say to you anyway, I would love our prayer meeting to grow this year. Perhaps above everything. That's not true. I'd love people to be saved. I get myself in knots. But, but you know what I mean. I would love our prayer meeting to be growing this year because as a church, we recognize that we need the Lord's help. And so as a church, we reach out to him, we call out to him, cry out to him together for his help in everything in church life. Now that might not be possible and Zoom isn't ideal and you may not want to do those things. So yes, pray by yourself, pray with others, pray prayer triplets. As a church, in the light of this verse, what else could we do but turn to our Lord who made heaven and earth? With that in mind, you may have noticed that we haven't actually yet prayed in our service, but that's because I wanted to wait until this point. And so Carl is now going to come and lead us in prayer. Once he's prayed, I'm going to pray again, and then we'll sing our final song. So let's pray together. Let us ask for help and um, pray to the Lord. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love and the undeserved grace for a people through the sacrifice of your beloved son, Jesus Christ, to come down to earth. We thank you that you give us our guidance through the Holy Spirit to depend on you, who brings before you our daily needs, our spiritual needs. Our God, we're thankful for the air we breathe and the food on our tables. Lord, we humble ourselves as you did to be useful vessels and minister the gospel truth to outreach to people and be fishermen who have not heard the saving message of salvation. Thank you, Father, that you've made us see through the Holy Spirit to change our hearts and not through the flesh to see the light of our own blindness, the love and the truth that the only way is to repent and believe in Christ and to walk in your ways. We pray for Lionsdown Church and the continued teachings and commitment to serving you throughout the summer and the new term and academic year. 
for the mission of making disciple makers and faithful outreach of the Bible. Pray and trust for God's hand that would help us with the ministry, cultural reviews, and pray that uh, the outcome is uh, very uh, supporting to, to our church and, uh, and, and is cleared. Pray for the building project for our new accommodation as a church. Lord, we are grateful for wisdom and leadership wherever you have providentially provided for the church family. We pray for the transition and the work that lies ahead with the completion, the funding, and the planning of, of our new home. Pray for the associate staff team to continually delight in the Lord and in the grace of God leading our children on Bible studies and, they are, and that they are refreshed and have that zeal and commitment for the academic year. Bless the Sunday school teachers, creche, and the pockets of prayer groups. Thank you for the children's summer camps for the gospel to go out to the community. And uh, pray for the new families coming and hearing about the Bible for real life change and commitment to Jesus and obedience to his word in every area of life we lead. We also pray for those that cannot be here or attend in person or, or have ill health. Please let them seek refuge and comfort in your hands. And that we thank you that you would answer our prayers. We pray in your precious son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, Carl. Let's, let's pray again. Father, I echo, I add my amen to, to all that Carl's prayed there. Father, please would these verses be of such help to us through this year. Please would uh, we help each other to, to turn to this verse, but only to turn to this verse in as, as much as it turns us to you. Father, please would we be quick to turn to you in every area of need this year, individually and as a church. And we praise you that you are the best place that we could ever turn to. We praise you for your help already given, and we look to you for help to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to... Uh...